welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Whatnots Review Show. Uh, this is episode 122. Uh, we mm -hmm. are going to be talking about Tron Uprising in just a bit here, so stay tuned for that. If you did not know, though, uh, our review show here is our weekly book club style podcast. Uh, we cover all sorts of genres, all sorts of different mediums. All sorts of stuff, so there's bound to be something that you guys can find and like and enjoy and share and all sorts of good stuff like that. Uh, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you doing? Yep. I'm doing okay. How have you been this weekend? Uh, this weekend has been interesting. I think it was friday it was like thursday or friday night i didn't mention it on the captain's log but my parents had to put put one of my dogs to sleep Aww. which is sad he was really old uh but then they texted me yesterday with a picture and said this is ringo he's six weeks old and he is a bernadoodle and so i was like oh no <laughs> They got another Aww. one. He's so he's so Aww. tiny and so cute. Six weeks is very little for a puppy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to get to meet him if I get to go visit my parents this Christmas. Who knows if I'll actually get to? But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to go meet him. His name is Ringo. It's a good name. Aww. <laughs> that's a solid dog name. Yeah, in in yeah. but besides that, it's been a good good weekend. Nice. So, yeah. I went to a barbecue at my brother's house yesterday. Nice. I've only seen him twice uh during this entire quarantine good. He still season. Exists. <laughs> this was the first time the whole family was together. We were all spaced out in his giant backyard and we just ate hot dogs and brownies. Ooh. And I had a good time. Good stuff. Are you still there? Because my internet's making concerned noises at me. Uh, I am still there. Can you hear me? I guess not. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Okay, if you can hear me, that's good. It looks like our oh, stream is Skype also just... dead. Oh, okay. My so. Skype just started making uh, submarine sonar noises at me and saying <sighs> there was a bad connection. Well... Which if might be our, on your end because it never tells me when the problem is apparently my own. Well, we will continue on with that. We were having a little bit of technical difficulties right there. Um, but yeah, we are. He, he, I I, compl I, I completely don't remember what we were t talking about uh, <laughs> when all of that happened. But uh, sounds like good weekends all around. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So there you, there you go. Good, good, good stuff. Let's let's start uh, talking about Tron Uprising here. Mm-hmm. This was one of the things that I pitched to you. Uh, it was, it's been on my list for a while. And apparently this was also on your list of like, hey, I think I should pitch this. I think Kyle would like it. Uh, and yeah, I've I've always heard heard good things about the show. It was like, oh man, it was so good. Why did it get canceled after one season? Um, and so I yeah wanted to check it out because I'm also a big fan of like cyberpunk style mm -hmm. sci-fi stuff. 
uh, neon lights, as you guys can see in the back around <laughs> here of my stuff. Uh, yep. So, yeah. We finally watched this. It's 19 episodes. It aired in 2012 and 2013 on Disney XD. Uh, it was, let's see, directed by Charlie Bean, who I, I, I didn't really recognize the name, but no. apparently he uh, was a storyboard artist on Dexter's Lab, Samurai oh. Jack, The Power Puff G G G Girls, I Am Weasel. And cow and chicken wow um, and then he also directed the lego ninjago movie and the 2019 oh. lady and the tramp wow the, like, the live action sort of live action one yeah man i've seen the lego ninjago movie and it's actually pretty good it's shot very well nice. i can see the sim the stylistic similarities between that and tron uprising okay and uh, apparently, I, I, I'm, I'm just looking on, on his uh, Wikipedia page here. Uh, he was the writer for the Buck Swaps Here, which is an episode of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Ah. So if you like that one, too. Yeah. So. yeah and the uh, show, yeah. Uh, it was written and produced by... The writing team is, oh, oh, what's their names? I'm getting all the syllables jumbled up. Kistis and Horowitz? Yes. Okay. Kitsis. Kitsis. Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. That's it. Yeah. I also rewatched Tron Legacy this week to go along with ah, this. And the, okay. the, it's the same writers from that movie. Like a, the same production team like carried over to work on this show. Good and stuff. if I remember correctly, weren't these guys writers on Lost? I I I recognize the name. Uh, yeah, yeah, on the popular d d drama series Lost and Once Upon a Time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and Horowitz. I they're not mentioning Lost at least right away, but he was also on Once Upon a Time. Um. Oh yeah. He was on Lost yeah, as well, so good stuff. Good yeah. pedig pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a very well-produced show. Excellent cast. It's got a lot going for it. I don't think we mentioned it takes place between original Tron and Tron Legacy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It uh, canonically fits in between there. It's one you don't really need to know much nah. of there might be one or two details um which i i kind of picked up on but i also it's been more than a decade since i've seen the original tron so mm -hmm. i i didn't really remember all that stuff i was like who is clue I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know who that is i've uh, actually never seen all of the original tron i've just seen bits and pieces of it here and there like the last time i tried to watch it i fell asleep and I think that is the reputation the movie has. Like, groundbreaking. Looks really cool. Pretty boring for a lot of parts of it. <laughs> yeah. But I have seen Tron Legacy a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This was on Disney+. Plus. That's where we mm -hmm. watched it. It's 19 episodes. What did you think of, of the show? 
I had a great time. It looks amazing. Yeah. And I think the show took a couple episodes for the story to start impressing me as much as the visuals did. I would agree. Yeah, but after a while, I'm like, I'm in now. I, I have become very fond of these characters. I am really interested to see where the story goes. Yeah, yeah. I I ended up liking it. I I see that the show had a lot of potential. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it it is like, oh man, yeah, I kind of would like to see a season two to see where they went with this. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I would say maybe more than a couple episodes for the, the, the good stuff to yeah. get started. Yeah. I was not a fan of the first half of the show. It was kind of right around that two-part episode. With um, Dyson? Yeah. That yeah. One, like from that point on, it was like, okay, this is starting to get better. Mm. Uh, and then it, yeah, it ended in a nice place. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of those things. I feel like it's hard to recommend because it does end only after one season. The story isn't really done, but at the same time, the ending kind of fits the name too. Like the it mm -hmm. like season one yeah ends not I mean it's not spoilers per se because it did get canceled and all that stuff. We got the name like Tron Uprising. You can kind of tell that they're trying to start this uprising within the grid, and that's kind of mm. how season one ends. They start the uprising. Yeah, that's so good on them. You know? Yes, <laughs> mission accomplished. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I like I I in, enjoyed it. I I can see why it got canceled, especially if the first half of that sh of of the season didn't do so well. And then they were like, "Oh, mm -hmm. ratings are down. I guess we have to move the t time slot." And so they moved the time slot, and then no one was watching it when it got g g good. And so it was just like, "Oh man, <laughs> like." That stinks, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I but but yeah, like you said, it's a beautiful sh show. It looks really yeah. really cool. Um, it has the same like stylings and stylistic choices as the Tron Legacy movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I know they worked with like the I think it was like the art director or something. Uh, or uh, they the bikes in the show. Yeah. Were designed by the same guy who designed the bikes in the movie. The <sighs> animation, if I'm not mistaken, um where was it? If I can I I don't know if I can find a full cast. I was looking at, at it. Uh apparently the like character designer is the guy that works for the gorillas or something and oh! or, uh God, something like that, or, or like I can helps, see that. helps on yeah. their music videos, or or something like that. Um, so yeah, like it has like in, interesting character d d d design. It looks exactly like the Tr Tron Legacy movie. I think it ends up being a good time. Mm hmm. So, would definitely recommend. Uh, just as yeah. as as a, like a casual thing, like hey, you made a good cartoon. A good cartoon. Check this out. Yeah, and to talk about the plot a little bit, uh, it is set in the grid. 
<laughs> Jeff Bridges. So he had an arcade. He had a game named Tron. He went inside the game named Tron. He created a copy of himself named Clue, and Clue is an acronym for something, I forget. And he's like, okay, Clue, I can't always be here, so please watch over the digital citizens while I'm gone. And so this show is all about Clue's gone mad. <laughs> Clue's trying to, you know, establish this totalitarian reign over everything. There's these, everybody is a program. Everybody has been programmed. But they're finding these entities called ISOs, that are nobody has programmed them you know jeff bridges didn't make them they're just showing up fully formed like the computer has just uh automatically you know with some artificial intelligence made these people so there's yeah. a lot of prejudice against them and the show follows uh, this young man named beck who works as a mechanic and he is tired of all the goings on and he finds out that Tron is still alive. Tron was believed to be this hero of yesteryear who like perished in some fight against Clue. And he finds him and it's like, oh, you are alive. So it's Tron teaching Beck, this is how you can be the new hero of Argon City and help save the people and ride a light cycle and stuff like that. And the show's got real Batman Beyond vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, if you dig Batman Beyond, and you're like, what if this had less bats and more, more neon lights? Less bats, more Beyond. You, could... <laughs> <laughs> you, I think Tron Uprising would be for you. Yeah. Uh, Clue stands for Codified Likeness Utility. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, that is according to the Tron Wiki on fandom.com. So mm. thank you, internet. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a good synopsis. Like uh, yeah. there's this like authoritarian military regime kind of taking over the grid, which again, just to clarify, is inside a computer. So these aren't like actual yeah. people; they're just computer pro programs personified, and they die all the time. Yeah, they this do. This is one of the highest body counts that I have seen in a young adult cartoon. Oh yeah, because everybody's always getting derezzed, where they just you that you stab them with your life disc, and then they dissolve into a bunch of pixels. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's good stuff. Uh. I don't know if I really have anything else to add. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he's working as a young mechanic. He has it. He has the whole like I have to keep up my job as a mechanic and look like yeah. I'm a normal p person, but also be this vigilante mm. by night that is trying to be the new Tron and stuff mm. like that. So he has some friends and stuff that he uh, has to deal with along the way, and some are like, I love. Tron, he's the greatest, and so uh, uh, some are like, I don't like this new tr Tron. He's <laughs> stupid. Um, so. I want to mention that one of his friends at the repair shop. There's the classic scene from an action movie where, okay, so Beck's uh, superhero persona, I guess you could say, is called the Renegade. He's all in a mask. Nobody recognizes renegade. him, and it <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes, exactly <laughs> like that. 
And it's the classic action movie thing where like he has to take somebody's vehicle to like stop the bad guy. But the he happens to take the light bike away from one of his friends at the garage. And so his friend specifically hates the neutron for that reason. Like he took my bike. I never got my bike back. And I've never seen the other person's <laughs> side of this action movie cliche of I I can't get my ride back. They took it. I don't think they're such a good guy. I Why would they do that to me? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, Yeah. I, I don't think I have much more to add that is kind of spoiler-free. Uh, so yeah. let's get into housekeeping, and then we will dive in a little bit deeper and start talking about Ooh. it more in depth. If you did not know, ladies and gentlemen, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. You guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you guys like what we do, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, that would help us out a ton. And let's see, at our $3 tier, we have all kinds of exclusive content from all of our shows. Uh, we, we've covered things like the X-Files on 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 their yeah. Shrek uh, retold or something <laughs> like that. I don't yes. know. I, I want to say un untold. Sh Shrek untold. <laughs> but no. Uh, we, we, we have fun. There's some good mm -hmm. stuff on our page, Patreon. We also did cover some Batman Beyond uh, on there as we well. We did. We just mentioned Batman on so go check out all of that stuff on there uh and last but not least would also like to give a big shout out to our patreon supporters at the five dollar tier so thank you sam so much for uh supporting us and keeping the mics on that that has been amazing so thank you yeah thanks sam mm -hmm. okay boiler time go I'm, we got it. One day I'm gonna have to redo the spoiler graphic because our uh -huh. like it's too, it's too much red. There, there's red <laughs> everywhere. It's a regular bloodbath. Right? Yeah. Like, like I, I in in my mind originally, I was like, yeah, the review show will be red. Captain's log will be like themed blue. Like each show would have yeah. a specific color to go with it and stuff and i've kind of stuck with that but then i yeah I would like ch change my lights to match and right now i'm like you know what i'm gonna switch things up and i'm gonna do the blue back around i i, yeah. I have that one on right now but then yeah like the back around of the podcast is all red and then the thing is all red there's just too much red <laughs> so gonna have to switch that up today. but here we are okay. in spoiler territory yes. melissa let's dive in a little bit more to tron uprising mm -hmm. uh so i wanted to talk about beck first and foremost yeah. the main character of this show voiced by elijah wood yeah uh, which I, I i i don't know if you gave me like a voice test 
and like closed my eyes and was like, oh. okay, who is that voice actor? So I don't think in a million years I would have known that that was Elijah Wood. Why? I, I, I guess I'm he stands not... out to me, but I think just because I've seen all the Lord of the Rings movies so many times. Well, that's the thing. That's like the one thing that I like really know him from. I've seen him in some more stuff, but like Lord of the Rings is the one thing that I'm like, oh yeah, he, you know, he, he was in that one. The one thing to rule them all, exactly. And I, I guess I see his voice as being like more high pitched in that. Like he's he's a he's a hobbit so they're smaller and he seems like more <laughs> young and youthful and like i just yeah. i just see him like happy and go lucky and his voice is a little bit higher p- pitched and here he's like he's a man and it, it, it's just like what oh, okay <laughs> like no offense to elijah <laughs> wood but like i i didn't recognize your voice at all <laughs> i thought he did a great job yeah, and it it's good. interesting casting because he's his voice is so, to me, lovely, yeah. soft, very emphatic. Like, it's a very emotional voice. There's no real edge to it. You don't listen to that voice and think, that's a cool guy. <laughs> and I appreciate that that's the path that they went with. It gives Beck, oh, like, it gives him a lot of heart. Like, just Beck comes off as normal. a very... Yeah, 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 he seems like just sort of like a normal sweet guy who likes repairing light bikes and hanging out with his friends and he doesn't want to see the people downtrodden. Yeah, <laughs> and he hates a th- a the the authoritarian regime, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like it, it, he's not, like, intimidating in the role. Like, no. like you, you mentioned Batman Beyond in the start, and yeah, it's kind of the same thing with that. Like, Terry McGinnis was not intimidating in the least he was just kind of this normal guy right <laughs> but beck is even less intimidating than terry McGinnis. right yeah terry McGinnis at least had the like bad boy aspect of of yes of, of, of him whereas this guy he's he he is manly Right, like he he is a mechanic. He's fixing he's fixing bikes. Like that is stereotypically speaking something that a man would do, right? You know. But yeah, I I I thought he did a great job voice acting the character. Um, I I I like I I liked Beck as a character i think he yeah i I think he had a good journey uh yes (laughs) throughout the show because there there is a a so he gets chosen to kind of be tron's replacement or Uh like hey you, you you can take up the fight next um and then there's an episode in there where he kind of goes outside of the city and ends up meeting this character that they call the stranger um yeah and it turns out that this was someone else that tron that tron had trained uh and it didn't go well and he turned against him and so now he's this kind of like crazed madman out in the desert and and yeah st- and stuff like that and he kind of goes through this 
crisis of conscience of like i like not that it was a bad thing but he was just like i i didn't know that there was anyone before me you didn't mention that yeah like this is a yeah. weird thing and now huh i i guess i wasn't your first choice and he kind of t- takes that personally even though he probably shouldn't but that you you know like he he just has this like uh, where do i fit in with all of this yeah and like he's he looks up to tron so much and for him to learn that tron tried this once before really failed at it and didn't tell back any of this going into it yeah that that makes him feel really uncertain yeah (laughs) like these try like tron's been trying to hide all these mistakes to like reassure Beck when Beck would have wanted no tell me the full story like tell me I am Tron replacement model too yeah because I mean how does he know if he's going down the same path or not right and like the stranger turns out to be a major threat and part of it's also that Beck is like you should have warned me about him that he might want to take revenge on you and on the new version of you which is me he might not like me Um, no yeah, I I I liked him a, a lot. I I I think interestingly enough, I liked when they started to dive more into the relationships with his friends as well as his yeah. love interests. Like I thought that that mm-hmm. that just made the drama of the show more appealing. Um yes. I it, it was weird cuz his love in interest in the show happens to be one like one of the commanders in the in the mm. authoritarian regime thing um but like he thinks she can be turned yeah and yeah. it it is a combination of I do legitimately like this girl. I want to go out on a date with her. And also, I think you could be a tremendous ally to my alter ego to help protect the city. And the show ends before she learns any of this. So we don't get to that. You were just interested in me for the job. Classic argument. But then, like, it is also the, like, stereotypical like sexual t- 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 tension between the like the main character and someone on the opposing side who happens to be yeah. a woman right you know uh so like at, at, at that i was like okay you didn't really need to t- 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 turn her into the love in terrest but yeah i thought she was a good character too but i think yeah even beck's relationship uh with able the guy who runs the mm-hmm. garage like he just has a good supporting cast of characters yeah that again like the first half of the show i think was tr- tr- trying to set a lot of that stuff up and it, it just it fell flat mm-hmm. for a lot of it but i i think for the most part the entire t- 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 time beck stood out as like he seems like a good character yeah yeah i think he's relatable and he seems uh, like he doesn't brood too much he doesn't have too much of a chip on his shoulder yeah (laughs) he's even tempered enough that yeah you can find him really likable you'd want to hang out with beck i don't know if i'd want to hang out with terry mcginnis i would but (laughs) (laughs) more bats no beyond (laughs) um it's a sliding scale. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so I, yeah, I, the, the one thing, the, so I, as much as I liked Beck, the first, the very first mm. thing about this show that threw me off, I think was the, the plot of the first episode. It, what is it again? I don't like it's 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 the start. Oh, his friend dies. Yeah, like it's like one of his buddies from the garage. He's got like two main buddies at the garage, and then uh, which is Mara and Zed. Yeah, and then uh, Abel is their boss. And there's a couple other recurring characters that that, that have some lines there too. Mm-hmm. But it's them, and then they've got another friend named Bodie, and the Bodie's bad the guys like the fights it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, the the authoritarian guards come and derez Bodhi for, like, getting in their way in the first episode. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but that, that whole, that, that, just the, the whole plot of that happened so fast. Like, the, mm-hmm. it's not that they did anything, like, differently from, like, a normal plot like that. It, it's just... It felt like they threw you in, and it just didn't stop. And there was just so much yeah. information. Like, I, it is the stereotypical, like, normal p- 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 person has a brush with de- 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 death. There's, a, you know, some yeah. accident or some action scene. And because of that, you know, they are thrust into this adventure, right? Like, that's pretty standard but just yeah. the, the p- p- pace at which all of it happens is lightning fast and and mm-hmm. he's like getting all of this new information from tron at the same time and it's just like what is happening who are all of these characters? <laughs> like what is, and yeah it was just it, it was just a little too, too too much and i think that's what initially lost me so that the mm. next like five or six e- episodes after that, I was just like, I, I can't really get into this. Like, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to play catch up on all of the, the stuff. Yeah, and I think it takes a while for the show to become something really special. Like, it seems sort of standard. Uh, young adult action cartoon for the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. and then it starts getting more character driven like really specific conflicts i mentioned earlier that i love that zed doesn't necessarily disagree with the renegade well he kind of does but a lot of it is he took my bike (laughs) i never got my bike <laughs> Which I like I said earlier, I've never seen that angle of it. And then that's also weighing on Beck's mind while he's trying to like show up for his friends, show up for his job, be the renegade to save Argon City. And he's also like, Yeah, I gotta get Zed's bike back. Uh, I destroyed that bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it it's it's interesting. One thing that I mm-hmm. I noticed about the the show that I think I kind of would have liked to see more of is it really stays away I think from the game aspect of of Tron. Like oh. Tron is all about those yeah, those like light cycle bikes and yeah. the games that they play to like hey, it, it's like Snake if you run in to the light 
trail, you know, you, you yeah. your bike gets derezzed or, or something like that. There are a number uh-huh. of scenes where they mention the games or they have like a short snippet or they're at the Coliseum or, st- or stuff like that. But for the most part, like that's not the story they were telling, right? Like it's not, it's not a, g- a gladiator style show it's not a a, olympic game like oh i just have to win this contest and show Uh, them that democracy wins and you know but the thing about the games is that it is a punishment like if Mm -hmm. uh clues you know if clues army comes and catches you doing something they don't want you to do they're going to throw you into the games and i think the only way you escape is if you basically battle royale it and you're the last person left yeah which I, I kind of was expecting that to be a bigger part of the show. Um, mm. Not that I was disappointed, but it was just like, huh, okay, they went a different direction. Cool, good. Yeah, yeah, this gave a lot of new stuff to the Tron world that I hadn't seen before. It makes it a little bit more, uh, you see what an everyday program's life is like. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said earlier, I haven't seen initial Tron, but it's not something you get in Tron Legacy. You have to see, like, oh, these programs, they are built for specific jobs. Like, Beck is programmed to be a mechanic. Yeah. (laughs) And there's... It seems like everybody is just programmed whole cloth. Like, there's no family anywhere. Like, after Abel dies, like, there's no next of kin to like come collect his stuff from the garage it's just like the other people at the garage are like well well, well, we're in charge Abel's stuff yeah it's i i have no sense of time or age these kids aren't in school they're all vaguely young looking like they're all somewhere between like 17 and like 22 yeah you can't get a handle on it i thought about this a lot i think because Beck's friends from the garage are always expecting him to be around or like they go out and do things together and they're like, well, where's Beck? And Beck's off doing this renegade stuff. And I kept wondering, it seems like all he has in his life, all he is programmed to have is the garage. If he's not with his friends from the garage, where do they think he is? Because it's not like, you know, yeah. if this was an, a cartoon of this type set in the normal world, it would be like, oh, I, you know, I football practice after school i had to work on the science project with my lab partner i was doing something with my parents like that stuff's not there there is no school there is no family there's only the job and i wanted a little bit more detail about what a a program's life is like just because i was curious to learn more about the game of beck needing to lie to his friends so i was just like oh sorry i was uh i was caught up somewhere I, i was in traffic yeah, like I wanted to see more examples of what lies are you telling them? It's it's there's a general attitude of oh Beck you're never around for us, but I wanted to get down to the specific lies and the specific okay I have to make them believe that I was here on this day at this time for this reason and that's why I couldn't be with them. Well, was whereas yeah. really I was there the whole time. I was just the renegade. Yeah. I it's it's an interesting world cuz I I I didn't think about the like no family thing. <laughs> I How, thought about it a lot. However, they do date as we saw in yeah. this thing. so they can find love and stuff like that. So that implies some kind of like family unit or at, at at least like partnership 
right? That you can do something with that and like maybe cohabitate or something. Yeah, but like where do new programs come from? Also, How like programs, there's nobody boy? younger. <laughs> there's nobody who appears to be younger than Beck and his friends. Right. Like there aren't children Here. in this world. Like you start, it's like you start at like 18. Everybody starts at 18 and ages from there. I didn't know if like you could die of old age. Beck is actually a baby the- and he's like six <laughs> months old. <laughs> right. He just woke up before the show started. Something else. Like, is there, are there any ways that a program can die besides being derezzed? Well, they I seem they like mentioned- really sturdy. I, 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 vaguely remember them mentioning like old age like it like someone just like got old but i i could be (laughs) wrong on that but something else Mm. that i thought was interesting that i did think about um which of course right as i'm mentioning that my mind just completely goes blank (laughs) and i forget what i was about to talk about Mm. um god what was it we were ta- 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 talking about weird things in the world. They don't have uh, family. They date. Oh, uh, so you mentioned that they are, are programmed to be like yeah. this one thing. Like I am a mechanic and stuff l- yeah. like that. But what was inter- interesting to me that kind of came out, I think, the most uh, in the a- episode or two when Beck is dating uh that one girl or or trying to page Page, yeah um is that they have programming but they don't necessarily know what it is immediately because okay she was mentioning i'm trying to find my true programming and so, mm. like, it, it is, like, this idea of, like, you have a calling. It's out there. You just yeah. need to find out what, 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 what it is, which is usually not what you get when you talk about programming and stuff like that. Like, that is, you have yeah. a specific thing. You were made for this one thing. Mm. You will only do that one thing. There, there is no exploration. Mm. There is, like, you do this one thing. And this, they, it seems like they have exploration. Like, yeah, maybe I'm not a soldier, right? Right. Maybe I'm a bartender or something. (laughs) I I would love if that was somebody's true, true purpose. (laughs) I mean, there are bartenders. They go to this club sometimes to hang out. I want to say for a second, I want to get back to Paige in a minute. Sure. I loved the sets in this world. Every location in this world looks so cool. But there's this club they go to that's just like a box with lights in it like there's no (laughs) real visual interest to the club there's not like it's like a box there's lights everywhere there's a bar and then there's booths like there's no second level there's no other activity no vip section right like i'm looking at it i'm like we go there like four times like this club looks boring i would i'd go there once and then i'd find somewhere else why are you always here so now that you mentioned the settings, I I do yeah. want to talk a little bit about the settings, and then mm. we can circle back to Paige. Um, so yeah, they live in the grid, uh, which <laughs> is the I guess the world that they live in. But inside yeah. of that, there are different cities. 
Yes. Uh, and this show takes place in Argon City. I guess they're mm. all named after yeah. elements because I think they mentioned There's... like Bismuth Bit... yeah. City and stuff like that. So, mm. um, and the like, visually speaking, I I both loved it and didn't love it at the same uh-huh. t- time because they they make the cities just seem dense and impenetrable and i kind of like that especially yeah. in like a cyberpunk style yes. setting that's k- kind of what you want but it was almost so much so that the backgrounds just kind of became these like odd paintings of shapes and neon yeah. and was so impenetrable that like I never felt like I had a good sense of place or location within You're the city. Right. And it, yeah, like, there's no way to tell one type of building from any other type of building. There's no signs. Like there's no signage anywhere. Like I think when yeah. they're at the garage, like there's not like a sign that says Abel's Garage. <laughs> you can't tell their building apart from any other building. And also, it doesn't seem like programs have homes or go to do they eat we never see like a restaurant it seems like they program themselves like there's an episode where mara is like dwellings i think yeah they must have them somewhere and like there's an episode where mara is like reprogramming her hair it makes me it seems like that's something everybody does themselves it's like okay uh you probably don't have hair salons here you probably program your own clothes you probably don't have a clothing store here if there's so many businesses you don't need what are all of these buildings right yeah yeah Yeah, like is there banking are these towers like banking companies what are the buildings yeah what's the economy like in right grid i wanted like a solid hour of just everyday exposition about how their society works (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's an interesting thing because I think Tron, it's a pretty well known property, right? Yeah. Like it's it it it's it's spawned two movies, this cartoon. It's been in the Kingdom Hearts video games. Um, it's been a ride. Uh, yeah. There's a Tron light cycle coaster, and I think sh- Shanghai or Hong Kong Disneyland. I forget which one. And then they're gonna build it in Disney World. I think. Gotcha. So, like, it's yeah. it's pretty well known. Yeah. However, it's not that big of an IP. To be honest, no. I think the biggest thing that has come out of the Tron IP is the soundtrack to Tron Legacy, which was all done by right. Daft Punk. That's the yeah. best thing that has come out of that. So, I like... Again, that's also another thing of like I can see why the cartoon didn't do well. Like it's not it's not a Star Wars, right? Like, sure, it was a good show, but it's not gonna draw in the same numbers that Clone Wars got and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like you're right about Tron. Not like everybody recognizes Tron. Everybody has a sense of what the visuals are. It is widely agreed it, agreed that the visuals are cool. But, like, I can't name a single line of dialogue from the first Tron movie. <laughs> it's like nobody has anything more with, than, like... No. I bet you someone <laughs> in the movie says no. 
Oh, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> My bike. <laughs> like it's everybody has a passing interest in Tron, a passing respect for Tron. But you're right. I don't think this is anything more than there's. It's probably got a cult audience out there that is sure. super into like. Uh, I've got an RP. I'm role playing well, like actually, I live on I the I do grid. know how the economy works in Tron. I, w- I would love <laughs> for that person to come and tell me because now I am really interested. But you're right. I yeah. don't think the average person is like, you know, like they, I want to go to th- talk about theme parks again. I want to go to Star Wars. You know, I want to go to Harry Potter. I want to go to uh, Universal Might Guild, sure. the village where How to Train Your Dragon takes place, a place that seems real and cool. Then the kids would like to run around in. I don't know if anybody's like, yeah, the grid. <laughs> I want to spend all my time on the grid and like get really invested into the, <laughs> the mythology of Tron. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting one. But yeah, mm. like I I I just wish that the show gave me more of a sense of location and yeah, what yeah. these buildings were actually like, what the streets looked like. Yeah, just like I. I want like a lot of places like uh, the Batman, the animated series or stuff like that. They often are always like the city is another character, right? Like it it has a personality and this just didn't have one, which I I think was maybe one of the like subconscious bigger downsides of the show. Um, But yeah, that's just you're right. Yeah. The locations aren't a character. You could say that the visual style is a character. There, there, there is. I do have to say the voice, the, the Garid does have a voice. Yes. Uh, uh, which I, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess now thinking back, I don't really remember it. Uh, or like when it came into play, but apparently the voice of the Garid was voiced by Trisha. Helfer, uh, mm-hmm. you guys might know from Battlestar Galactica, or more recently on Lucifer. Oh, I have been watching there. So they have some uh, a, a great voice cast. Yeah, in this show. So we've mentioned Elijah Wood and Trisha mm. Helfer. Uh, mm. Mara is voiced by Mandy Moore. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see other ones I recognize. I recognize Paul Rubens, Fred Tassatori, who usually plays mm. the Hulk. Uh, in yes. in all of all of the animated stuff, he played Clue. Um, and then we I see Kate Mara, um, who voiced Pearl, who was one of the, like uh, the criminal gang that yeah. lures. Zed in there. Cyrus was voiced by Aaron Paul. Uh, <laughs> Your doppelganger. Right, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I... Cutler was Lance Reddick. Mm. Which I, I recognized him immediately. His vo- he's, voice he's got is a great so, voice. so unique. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really appreciated that Dyson was voiced by John Glover, who you yep. may remember from being the businessman in <laughs> Gremlins 2, the new batch. Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's a character actor I really love, and I haven't seen it in, or heard in anything in a while, and I was delighted when he showed up. Um, those two 
punks that Zed kind of takes up with, the one with like the eyeliner and the emo bangs was uh-huh. voiced by comedian and podcaster Paul Shear. Yep. <laughs> Which was another very personal Melissa treat. Uh, and yeah. then, um, as I mentioned, Paul Rubens plays one of the major antagonists of the show. He plays Pavel, Pavel yep. who's this like kind of general Hux type of real sniveling, yeah. self-interested, trying to rise up the ranks and make everybody else look bad, uh, Clue Commander. Yeah. So so in, in this show, we don't get to see much of Clue. We get to see no. a couple like antagonizing sh- shots that makes him seem like <laughs> I am in, in charge of everything here. But like, yeah, the, he's the... pulling the strings. But the the major antagonist is General Tesler. Everything yeah. comes down from him. Yeah, he's he's the season one like mm. bad guy. Um, yeah, like uh, it's a great voice cast. You wanted yeah. to circle back around to Paige, right? Right, yeah. Paige's backstory is interesting. I like that she gets a backstory episode fairly early on because she seems like just this tough, kind of no-nonsense, uh, one of Tesla's second-in-commands yeah. when you meet her, but you see that she's got a little bit more sympathy, like she's not quite as harsh on anybody as any of her peers are. She's trying to understand things a little bit she more. She seems you get more this... sensible than like, I yes. am evil for being evil's sake. I want to right, take over yeah. and be evil. Right. Like she doesn't do anything without a purpose to it. Like she's not vindictive. She's just sort of. <laughs> I thought you were about biz... to say she's not Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, she certainly is not. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, she's a villain, but she's not Vin Diesel, so, you know. <laughs> Vin Diesel is such a nerd. I wonder if Tron is one of the things he's super into. If anybody would be really into Tron, it would be Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, if you're listening to, to this, please come on the show and teach us about the the economy of the grid. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear about any of your other projects. Uh, we only want to talk about Tron. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a backstory episode about Paige where you find out she was initially a medic. Like she worked in like the, yeah. the great equivalent of a hospital. And it does seem like there are viruses that act like diseases. You can get injured it in some ways in this makes world. Makes sense for the computer metaphors. and Yeah. And like she... Uh, on the side, like she makes music, like she's got like this sort of odd electronic musical instrument that she's like programming songs into. They have habits, telling- but they might not have homes. They they might they have, they have jobs, but they might not have families. They, right? <laughs> they can make music, but they like if if they're not like with their specific j- j- job, where are they really? Like, I need a big chart of things that a program <laughs> does and does not do. But she's trying to show this to her friends, and her friends are like, "Oh, Paige, you know, you're not programmed to be a musician." You're programmed to be a medic. Like, that's silly. Put that away. Yeah. And then she ends up becoming one of these soldiers because she thinks that an ISO has betrayed her. She tried to help out one of these ISOs, who is Quora from Tron Legacy. Olivia Wilde uh, comes in to voice the character based on her character in the movie. And it looks just like her. Like, whenever the show has to... Didn't give catch you a- that. I saw she she, she, she was in, in the show. But, yeah, I... I uh... I, it, it's also been a long, it's been like, I guess, more than a 
decade since I've seen <laughs> Tron Legacy as well. well I've seen it in twice like, in the last year. 2009, I think. Yeah. Ish that it came out. Yeah, so I, Maybe I, 2010. I wouldn't have known that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's her character from the movie. And whenever okay. they do need to design a character who is somebody you've seen already in the movie, they look they always look perfect. Like they they kind of looked like Jeff Bur- Bridges. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah. Stylistically, they kind of stick out just because they are drawn in a much more realistic way than like any of the characters who aren't supposed to be based on people, but they do always look like them, which is great to see. So uh, um, Paige is trying to help out. She like becomes sympathetic to this ISO, to Quora and her friend. And then they, she, General Tesler tricks her into thinking that the ISOs betrayed Paige. And that's why Paige, uh, she changes paths. She becomes a soldier because she's been, they're kind of manipulated to believe, no, those people are threats. Uh, <laughs> the people believe that pursuing them are correct. Uh, <laughs> they're not supposed to be running from people. <laughs> You're not supposed to help them. Of course they did you wrong. That's what an ISO does. And yeah. that's why she takes up in the, the soldier's path. And she spends enough time with Beck just while they're like fighting each other that he gets this sense from her. Like, I think she's got a heart to her the way nobody else in this regime does. Mm-hmm. I think I could work on turning her to our side. And he also kind of develops a crush on her. I love yeah. that in the episode where they do go on a date, they go play pool, which is such a normal real world date idea. Like, yeah. Like let's go get some it drinks. A- let's play some pool and right. talk and stuff like that. Right? It, it's, it's, it's cyber it's, pool, of course, but it's one of those it, oh. like, it's yeah, it's a good date because it's one of those things that's like it's comp- competitive, but it's like casually competitive, right? So you can still talk and all of the yeah, that stuff. Yeah, It's like how how are you in a competitive thing, right? You know, mm. so good stuff. It's, yeah, so I I I was just looking at uh Cora's like the comparisons. Mm. Uh, and yeah, she looks exactly like her character in the movie, uh-huh. uh, which is kind of wild. So yeah, with with Clue and with Cora specifically, I don't know if there were any other kind of. Uh, I suppose Tron himself, but Tron, yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 looks like more like slender version. Well, yeah, yeah he's more stylized than uh, Clue or Cora are. Yeah, but so. Yeah, most of these characters are like super duper stylized, have really yes. long faces, <laughs> yeah. really lanky proportions, mm-hmm. and they mix that in with the camera work and the and the perspective of like how they're showing these fights and stuff and it it mm-hmm. gives the, like some really cool a- angles and it makes the fight scenes and stuff like that and all the a- a- action scenes all the action scenes seem really slick. And, yes. and it's just like, oh, this looks neat. Um, but yeah, like th- th- there's one scene that really, really stood out to me in terms of character design. And I think that's when I- Abel is going out in that big snowstorm to go visit Tron. And he's yeah. in this car. And he's just sitting down and he's, it. it's like, 
normal for him and the way his character would look, but his he head is like poked out like straight and he looks like he's like hunched over and stuff and it's like it, it, like he's not actually hunched over but that's just the way the character yeah. is and it's it's so stylized and it's just like this is really cool like i i just i like how these characters look and are designed i think the only one that i didn't like the look of was was cyrus i think mm too much of the facial tattoos neon stuff it kind of right, his face and like i don't even know if those are tattoos he's got these like um microchip lines right, on right. him yeah and i don't i didn't know if that was like is this body modification do you have a disease i don't know how you got that way but it is really striking looking yeah yeah, it's, oh, it's and when he shows up and he starts talking to Zed and Mara, they don't mention it. So maybe this is more normal than we are led to believe. They're not like, gee, Cyrus, how'd you get those scars? Yeah. <laughs> or they're just very, very <laughs> You want to know how I got I these know. scars? <laughs> the character designs in the show are great. Everybody yeah. looks really different from each other. It's all very distinct. That 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 and is I, one thing that I that I like. I I can immediately recognize each of the characters because it's like, oh, mm. you know, they, they have a completely different shape. Yeah, to, them, to their so. faces at least. The bo mm -hmm. there's like not no variation in body type. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the show and I'm imagining, oh, of course Kyle wants to live on the grid. Do I want to live on the grid? And then I decided I should live on the grid because there should be at least one fat person there. There yeah. isn't already. I'd love to, I volunteer to be the grid's first fat person. There you go. You can, uh, <laughs> you, you can open up the g -g 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 grids first, like, sit down restaurant. And right. Stuff and be like, look, so, like, have you guys me, heard of cupcakes? Bake, yeah, let me bake you some stuff, okay? Right. I'm going to bake, uh, going to model plus size programmed clothes. I need yeah. to bring this whole other dimension to the grid. Yeah. Every, bodily, everybody is pretty similar, but facial wise, everybody's wildly different. And I like that this show had a lot of characters that were kind of ugly. Which I yeah. say affectionately. There's a lot of characters that are really weird looking. Zed is not cute. No. <laughs> but he's like not cute looking in but, a really interesting specific way. And and he like he he, he looks normal. Like he looks like someone yeah. that I would see on the street. Um Right. I would maybe be like, ooh man, so sorry about that haircut, but Right, and then, like, apparently, if you can program your own haircut like Mara does, this is Zed's choice. He's like, right. yeah, this is the look for me. I'm not changing it. The bowl cut all the way. Yeah. Yeah, like, Beck maybe looks, he's one of the more normal-looking characters. Beck uh, should be in the conversation of handsome cartoon boys. Yeah. He's, he's, Which he's isn't a, a conversation... Right, which is a conversation I'm regularly involved in, but I know it's out there. <laughs> He's one of the most handsome animated men I have seen objectively. Yeah. But it's yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a slider where it's like, okay, we have a really handsome leading guy. We spent mm -hmm. all our points there. A lot of these side characters are going to have to look like fish. 
<laughs> these have to be real weird looking once yeah. we get to guys who only have a couple lines. Yeah, they they but they just they they look so fascinating. Like yes. so the the one thing that I will say about Z that I do really really like about his character mm. design cuz again it's not it's not a bad character design. Oh he's, no, he's, none of them just, are. He like he just looks normal. But what he really looks like is a is a character from a graffiti mural in the 80s. If if you ah. look up like New York graffiti from the 80s and you see some of the characters that they do and he oh. looks spot on. Huh. Like that That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And and so like I, I I like that they're mixing in that's like that kind of style and that much of a characterization to all yeah. of these people. Um yeah, like some of them have really small eyes, some of them have really big chins, so one has yes. a really big forehead, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're they're all these these like really tall faces. Yes. And it's it's it- it's fascinating. Yeah, they look great. This show is a delight to look at. And one thing that I thought was really cool that they did is that, you know, Bex got this renegade outfit. It completely mm-hmm. masks him. You know, this is his superhero persona outfit. There's several episodes where he's not in it. Yeah. And I really like that the show wasn't formulaic like that, that they had a couple really interesting, like, one-shot episodes, especially in the second half of the series. Yeah. Yeah, like, and Beck's doing, uh, he's doing things for the uprising, but he's not doing them as the renegade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, you, you mentioned kind of these one-shot things. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, did you have a favorite one, uh, or just like a favorite, excuse me, I hiccups. Did, did you have a favorite episode of the bunch here oh they had some cool ones i really like the one on the train like there's a scientist that is escaping tesla's control but who Mm -hmm. like beck and tron went to work with and the scientist is like uh hiding on a train and they've got this like programming that's meant to disguise them as somebody else and it keeps flickering on and off so it's like oh sometimes you look like just a person sometimes you look like the wanted scientist and Beck has to like die him <laughs> you're like oh I'm standing in front of this person hi Paige and it's Beck as Beck the entire time he's not the renegade yeah. and everybody's just on this train Paige is on that train I think Pavel shows up on the train and it's this kind of bottle episode where everybody's in this train and they find out like the bridge is down X amount of miles ahead of them and they have to figure out how to stop that. Like they've got this ticking clock where Beck's like, I have to get this escaping scientist to safety and I have to figure out how to save everybody else on this train. And it's him and Paige like working together in this. Yeah. And that's the episode where at the end she's like, it was good working with you look me up sometime and we can hang out. And then the next episode is the one where they go on a date. Yeah. I, so I, I think I really liked the graffiti one, the like digital graffiti one. I thought that was a good one. The Um, one with Mara. Yeah. yeah, That, that was some good characterization for Mara. Cause then you, 
yeah, got to see what she does outside of work, and she's into art and street art, and she like she does graffiti and stuff like that. I want to talk about Mara for a minute because she seems like just the sweet, nice girl next door friend in Beck's friend group. Yeah. And then as the show goes on, and this this is the character voiced by Mandy Moore, and I was a little surprised at the beginning to see that they got a bigger name to play somebody who wasn't that pivotal to the show. Well, and I thought, so well, maybe like, hmm? The one thing I will say about that is there is a promotional I- I- image for the cartoon that has five c- characters on, like, light cycle bikes. Ah, And stuff like that. So I'm wondering if the plan was down the road, like... Ron is gonna make his team of of yes. like here are my five l- lieutenants or here are, are my four l- lieutenants besides me right um, yeah so maybe she was one of them because in the character designs she also stands out because she's the only one with colored hair yeah yeah so when you in the first couple episodes, she doesn't seem super important, and I'm like, oh, maybe they were considering Mandy Moore for a role in this, and like they showed her some of the characters, and it's like Paige is a, a major character, and she's like, no, I want to play the one with the the cool hair, cool hair, yeah. please. I don't I don't care how many lines I get, I want to be her. Who knows? But then as the show goes on, Mara starts really developing and really being more active, and you find yeah. out that she is very passionate about her work at the garage. And when Abel's not there, she's the one he puts in command. He's like, I trust you the most. You're the one who takes this the most seriously. I believe you can do the best job. I know I mentioned the graffiti one, but I think that one, her working in the garage by by herself in in charge, uh, I think maybe was my favorite of the entire show. I was like, Mm -hmm. "This, this was a great one. Yeah, I loved that there was an episode that was less about the uprising and about the renegade that we got these moments that were about the other parts of these characters lives. And I really would have loved to see more of that. If the show went on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And to see these moments of uh, what problems arise from other parts of their life. And of course, you know, the, Pavel rolls in with all these tanks saying like, uh, this garage is now being controlled by the government. You have to fix all of these tanks in the next 12 hours or we're going to kill all of you. There's a a major plot related conflict in that episode, but the basis of it is just, I have to watch the garage while the boss is gone. That simple initial premise. I really dug that the show would allow there to be room for conflicts like that so that we could just see other parts of their lives, and as I've often mentioned, other parts of how the grid society works mm-hmm. outside of all the action hero things. But yeah, and then you find out she's really sympathetic to the Renegade's cause, having no idea that that's her friend Beck. She's sympathetic to both of them separately. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she, she starts doing she, she this also rebellious has a moment. street art. Yeah. She, 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 she also has a moment where she t- turns against it. Too, where yeah. she starts to blame the renegade for yeah for some some stuff and so yeah like it's it's not she 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 has this uh, she she kind of has him on a pedestal but isn't necessarily blindly following him to, to yeah be like i love the renegade he's the greatest he can do she it loves all. the 
She loves the cause and wants to believe in the renegade specifically as spearheading the cause. Yeah. But her feelings, if her feelings for the renegade change, her feelings for the cause don't. And she's willing yeah. to step up and take more action on her own. Yeah, which is, which which I think is g- g- good for that character. And she's not mm-hmm. just, I mean, cause that that is kind of the old school thing to do in the cartoons is like oh that's just the woman that's the (laughs) girl of the bunch she's gonna be the love interest and that's about about it but it really felt like she was her own character and was making her own decisions and would have her thoughts and feelings change and Mm -hmm. stuff like that i i liked that i i liked that moment where she uh is changing her hair because mm-hmm. it, it also kind of represents her feelings in that yeah moment, right um yeah so like i it, 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 it was good it yeah was good she grows moment. she she grows a lot from the beginning to the end and so does zed because he really hates the renegade at the beginning i think he thinks My the renegade besides in addition to stealing his bike, he thinks the renegade's a hassle. Like he believes in what the renegade believes, but doesn't believe in how the renegade is going about it. Like sure. the whole city's under curfew for a lot of the t- span of this series, and a lot of it's because the renegade's out there. The fewer people there are out on the streets at night, the better we can track the renegade and capture the renegade. So he's mm-hmm. got all these grudges against the renegade, but for a lot of petty reasons, which are it's relatable like he seems like just a kind of just like a young man who's kind of self-interested but not in a bad way he just thinks about ah oh this thing inconvenienced me and i'm mildly upset about it like he's kind of crabby but in a mild enough way that it feels like oh that we know that guy and we've felt like him before Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and he learns to kind of put that behind him as the series goes on and like see the good in the renegade and want to step up and be more helpful and like take more responsibility for things. And then he finally gets his bike back. Yeah. And yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, did, did, did you want to talk a little bit about Tron or about Cyrus or <laughs> stuff? I, 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 I Cyrus is cool. Mentioned. Cyrus. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I have much else to say on him. That episode, that episode where the entire structure of that episode's great. Like Beck is going to another; he's going to Bismuth City for some sort of uprising business. I forget exactly what it is. Business and there's this huge, yeah, there's this huge storm rolling in, and they've like closed the highway to let the storm pass. I guess is how things work on the grid. And he's like, I, I don't have time to wait. And he just takes his bike off road. He's like, I'm going to go around the storm. I'm going to ride through it. I need to get to Bismuth city. And then he like, go, he like falls down this ravine and he comes across this like weird. It looks like the monolith from 2001, but it's entirely two dimensional. Yeah. Like the camera flips around and it's not there. Like it's just a flat, flat plane and it's like a weird mirror that Beck like reaches out and touches and then he falls through. And that's where Cyrus lives. Like Cyrus fell through code and he's in this like a weird liminal. Yeah. yeah, he's in this weird liminal space inside the grid. Like he just fell through a video game map to where it's all gray. It's just a big gray void and he started 
coding things for himself. Yeah. And it's like, and Beck is following him down this long, like, kind of gear-like, brightly colored tunnel. That episode is the coolest visuals. And it's, I love how eerie the beginning of it is. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they do some good stuff, just visually speaking. Like, they, they, yeah. they have a great team. It's a great-looking mm-hmm. cartoon. It is. <sighs> good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I... Wished it would have at least gotten one more season. Yeah. Maybe three to just kind of round it off. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can see why it got canceled. Slow start. Mm-hmm. Hard to get into it, at first. Once it and it did, it didn't really go anywhere with it. It was just and like, it, okay, we started the upright. <laughs> And it seems a little too serious for younger kids to get into. Like, this really seems like a show for adult fans well, and maybe, like, a 15-year-old. That's the thing. So they're, they're trying to bank off of the movie because the yeah. Tr- Tron Legacy movie c- came out, and then they were like, okay, let's make a cartoon, right, based yeah. off of that for, for kids. Because it was – I what was Tron Legacy rated? What was Tron Legacy? Oops. Is that how you spell Legacy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> rated. PG. So huh. like, I, yeah, I, I think yeah. it, it was focused more for kids, or at least that's what yeah. they were trying to do. Um, so the cartoon would make sense, but yeah, like it, you're right. Like it's not a funny show there's no jokes there's no some sometimes there are sometimes it is funny but not frequently no yeah uh, not not once i'd be like oh man you remember that one time when she 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 said that i mean there i i I guess the only running joke is that I, th- I think it's zed who who has this one joke and he's like and then they did this Right. Come on, jokes exist within the world, but the show is not telling us the joke. Right, yeah. It, yeah, it never gets wacky at any point. Which is strange to me because mm. one of the things that I would recommend is if you liked this show to go ch- check out would be Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, which yeah. is a great cartoon it was on cartoon network so not disney i i think this was maybe disney trying to get in on that same style of of show or one of their things Mm -hmm. to do that um but like they they had the formula of the cartoon network Mm -hmm. show right there because when this show Mm -hmm. came out uh, they were already on like season four, I think, of the Clone Wars. So that show was already spectacular, and th- th- like, yeah, you would think that they would look at that show and be like, okay, what are they doing with that show to make it so likable? Like, sure, they have the action scenes, sure, they have the emotional moments, but then they also have these. Stupid ones where Jar Jar Binks, they're they're just like, okay, stay in the ship, and he's like, okay, Misa, do it, and 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 then he 
it just completely wrecks everything right and it's just like uh. it's like it's it's stupid but it's funny and it's just like yeah they don't have that stuff in tron and i think that is maybe one of the things missing yeah, like, there's no character I can really point to as being the comic relief character. Mm-hmm. Like, Zed's lighter than the rest of the people around him. Pavel, uh, <laughs> Pavel's kind of a buffoon. He's fun to watch. Yeah. But yeah, there's nobody who is funny, exactly. Yeah. So, kind of a miss on that p- part, but good show. Mm-hmm. Overall. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I wish it would have found more of its audience. It is a very specific show. Indeed. I can see how it had like a very narrow audience for it. But I know Indeed. there's people out there. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, you kinda cut out there at at the, the end there. So I don't know if you uh, said no, something else. No. Uh I've got a recommendation, though, like a pretty good recommendation for this. Yeah. At the same time, there was another cartoon airing on Disney XD called Motor City, Ah. which was produced by Titmouse, which is the animation studio behind Metalocalypse. I think maybe Super Jail. They've worked on the last couple seasons of the Venture Brothers. I think this might have been, I think at the time it was their first uh, like young adult cartoon they were working on. Visually amazing, really bright, colorful, dynamic, really interesting character designs, great action. And the plot of the show was that it was this future dystopia where like Detroit had crumbled to the ground and like a new, better Detroit was built on top of it. And these are all these characters that live in underground Detroit that are mad at like the big businessman that controls new Detroit and it's all these rebels that are like fighting against him. So like the plots similar enough, you know, it's a nice companion piece to Tron legacy. The show was so much fun. I think it also lasted about the same amount of time. I think Disney was trying both of these together in a block and neither of them took off, unfortunately. Yeah. I have such fond memories of Motor City. I've been wanting to watch it on the show, but it's not on Disney plus. Never heard of it. I don't know where it is. I don't know who owns the thing anymore. But if you can track down Motor City, I absolutely recommend it. I remember it being so much fun. It also looks oddly influenced by the gorillas. Yeah. Or, or, it's an or interesting like if, kind if, of if, angular designs. Yeah, if or if, if you uh, remember like the game Green Gang from Power yeah. Puff Girls, they all kind of look like those kinds of characters but right but yeah, i think or, the main the, character the same, like, has lengthy lanky d- designs in some of the characters too, right so yeah now stuff. that you mention it i think like there's at least one outfit <laughs> that's similar between the cast of motor city and the gang green gang right yeah <laughs> that's good stuff the art looks c- cool on that <sighs> it was so cool and I think there was an, e- like, maybe some of the same people worked on both of these shows. Because I remember there being an Easter egg where, like, in a crowd scene in Tron Legacy. And I, I didn't catch it. But you can see a character designed just like one of the characters from Motor City. It's like, oh, there's Julie. How did Julie get onto the grid? Indeed. Uh, so, you mentioning Motor City made mm-hmm. me think of a comic 
Uh, I have not read this one, so I I don't know how well the comic did, but just based on the art and the stylization alone, uh, Motor Crush is mm. a comic uh, that you guys can ch- ch- check out. I believe it was from Image Comics. Um, let me see here. What does Amazon say about it? Volume 1. Where is the description of this? Come on, it doesn't give me a description. Mm. Oh, well. Uh, the artwork is done by Babs Tar. Uh, I, uh, yeah, she she has some great stylized artwork in, in there. Oh, here. Uh, the team behind the critically acclaimed revamp of Batgirl with an exciting sci-fi action adventure series. By day, Domino Swift competes for fame and fortune in a worldwide motorcycle racing league. By night, she cracks heads of rival gangs in brutal bike wars to gain possession of a of rare valuable contraband an engine b- b- boasting machine narcotic known as crush hmm. uh so that's an interesting thing huh. um a little bit of a caveat on that i one of the creators on that has uh been outed as an abuser uh, mm-hmm. So be aware of of that if you guys want to avoid that stuff. Um, but yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I mentioned the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon. Um, I I think it's it's exactly what this show was trying to do. Um, I will say season one of that show is a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like we said, like Star Wars is an IP that has the n- numbers that despite season one being a little rough, like it, it, yeah. it ended up being an amazing show. Um, so yeah, go, go check that stuff out too. Are you ready for pitches? Yes. So, okay. Melissa, we have, we have to explain cause I, I yes. we haven't mentioned it yet here on the <laughs> review show. We are starting something new. Here in September, um, it's it, I, I I guess going to be a new tradition here on the review we'll see, show. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see how long we can keep this up. But we are starting Shame Timber. <laughs> Melissa and I came up with this on the Captain's Log two mm. weeks back. I, I guess a week ago, and. Basically, we are going to take two weeks out of September to each pitch one each one another stuff that is on our list of shame. Yeah. M- 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 movies and such that we should have watched, but we haven't. Yeah. We haven't yet. We, we don't know why. Right. So that's what we're going to be doing. And this could consist of stuff that is like general pop culture of 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 like why haven't you seen this yet like you just have to see this or if you're a fan of a of a particular director or something like that and you haven't seen certain ones of their movies like oh if you're a spielberg fan you have to watch this one right yeah Um, or or something like that so melissa you are up first 
<laughs> it's time for my shame timber. So yes. I thought about this a lot and I thought about it, you know there's movies that I should see as a film buff but that no other person my age cares about like another 29 year old isn't going to be mad that I've never seen Amadeus sure. but also another film buff isn't going to be mad that me as a 29 year old hasn't seen Pitch Perfect or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I decided to go for very personal shames of mine. Okay. Stuff that I don't think anybody else is mad at me for not having seen, but I'm mad you at me for not having yes, seen. Good. Good. Right. Like these are okay. things I need to do to rectify my own conscience. Good. So bitch number one. Uh I love the James Bond. Yes. But I love James Bond having seen twenty-five percent of the films in this franchise. I've okay. seen The Four Daniels, A View to a Kill, and Moonraker. I've seen six out of 24 films. Yeah. I've never seen a Connery. I've gained this reputation for, oh, Melissa loves James Bond. I'm like, I do. Out of the movies that I've seen and hearing James Bond explained to me right. on a variety of podcasts over and over again. Yeah. So pitch number one, we've got to go back to the beginning. I've never seen Dr. No. Okay, good. That's a great pitch. Yeah, and, and since it, there have been theories that perhaps No Time to Die is going to pull things from Dr. No, right. I want to see it firsthand. I want to see actually in front of me, no Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Like all these things I've seen parodied and referenced and homaged later on. I want to go back, watch the original thing, start there. Nope, I can't and then do, I do it. Intend I have to no find- time to die. <laughs> I will not. I do. In, I do intend to watch all of the Bonds. It's about time mm-hmm. I did that. Uh, and you can start it here with me. Good stuff. I, I think. And, I think. I, I don't know if I pitched it to you. I know at one point I pitched it to Paul. I was like, let's go back and watch mm. Doctor No, the very first James Bond film. Like, let, let's 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 go watch that. But we never we never picked it. So. Good stuff. Okay. Pitch number two. I mentioned to you the other night when you were naming off stuff on your list of shame that I've never seen Titanic. Mm. This isn't exactly true. When the movie first came out on that like two VHS home video set. Yes. I think my mom and like one of her sisters was over. Like the two of them rented it and I was watching it with them. And I got so freaked out by the flooding scenes that I made them turn it off. This is the only movie I've stopped partway through because I was scared in like my wow, whole life. Okay. And I've seen, and that was when I was like eight years sure. old. <laughs> and I've seen bits of Titanic like on TV since then, but I still, and like I know what happens factually from history, but I've never seen the third act of that film. And this has always been on my own list of shame. Like you've got to go back and finish what you started. You've got to go back. Eight years old. You need to. I, I. We have to go back, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> so pitch number two is finally, in its entirety, James Cameron's Titanic. Titanic. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. That is also mm-hmm. on my list of shame. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if that would would have been one of the ones that I pitched you, but yeah, that I I, I have not seen Titanic. So, mm. good stuff. And pitch number three is, I think, a movie nobody cares if I've seen except me. This, <laughs> do you ever see part of a movie on TV 
when you're like a preteen and you think it looks cool. And later when you're an adult and you have some expendable cash, you buy the DVD for real cheap thinking, oh, I bet, you know, I thought I would like this movie. I'll, I'll watch this sometime. This seems like something I should have on my shelf. And then like maybe you put it on at a party, but everybody's talking and you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so now it's turned into for the past like six years, you've owned this DVD <laughs> and you've never seen the movie. It's just sitting there staring at like, you. <laughs> yeah. And you can't even tell anybody what the plot of the movie you is. That's how little I you am. know about it. You just have an Im- <laughs> you just have a vague impression of characters and tone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a movie like this. Okay. And it is Mystery Men. Okay. Okay. I I don't think <laughs> I've <laughs> seen that one. This is the 1999 superhero comedy. Uh, it says here it is based on a Dark Horse comic created by Bob Burden. Mm-hmm. It seems like just a wacky bunch of weird offbeat superheroes okay. this film stars mr benjamin stiller paul rubens again there you go uh we got janine garofalo hank azaria william h macy and none other than kel mitchell good stuff oh i We've do got remember, quite a cast I, I going remember here. when that ca- came out i remember seeing right c- commercials now that you mentioned Kel, I was like, that movie he was in besides Good Burger, I remember that. Right. Like, I think he he's invisible, or at least he thinks he's invisible, but in order yeah. to be invisible, he has to take off all his clothes. I know Janine Garofalo has her father's skull embedded in a bowling ball, and that's what she uses to attack people. Okay. I just know, like, vague, like, a handful of concepts from this movie, Man. and I don't know anything about what it's actually about. I remember that. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Um, so we have a wide variety of genres here yeah. for films. We can watch Dr. No, Titanic, or Mystery Men. These are good ones. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, man. What do I want to do? Um, I'll be honest. I'm not in the mood for Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> So I, it's not really a Kyle type of film. It's not, but I, I should at some point just go watch it, get it over with. Mm. Um, uh, I, you know, we've never covered a James Bond movie on the podcast, so I think we should start with Doctor No. It, I think so too. For how much I talk about this. Yeah. And now we've covered like Mission Impossible and stuff like that. I think we need to go back. You talked about Velvet, which is very much a Bond takeoff. Oh, yeah. We need to go back, pay homage to the origin point. Good, good. I'm I'm excited. Let's do Dr. No. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Now, I don't know if this is true or if this is like an urban legend, but I remember reading that there was a translation error in trying to like promote this movie in some other country i believe somewhere in asia i don't know exactly where it again if it really happened anywhere at all but the story i've been told is that there was some country that tried to name this movie we don't want a doctor <laughs> doctor no <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right so i don't know if that's true but i always think about that when i think about doctor no yeah I I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm not seeing anything on a quick Google search, 
but I don't know if it's like I I'm like I'm also gig heading like bad uh like medical tr- translations when things oh. went wrong so it's it, it might yeah I don't know I'd have to be a mm-hmm. little, little bit more specific that's funny though yeah doctor this might be a fact no. that was made up only for an uncle john's bathroom reader as far as i know it's, it's like that family guy joke where he's filling out the form at the doctor's office and it's like sex and he's like yes please <laughs> it's just like no that's a you dumbass like that's an Austin Powers joke. I, it, I'm I'm sure it's in a million things. I'm sure it's a joke from a lot of places, yeah. but they, they believe in contemporary times the origin point might be Austin Powers. Yeah, man, good stuff. Okay, mm. Doctor, yes, <laughs> yes, Doctor. <laughs> That's what we will do. We say yes to no next week. This next week. Uh, so yeah, I, is that on streaming services? Do we know? I'm not sure. sure. Like, I did a cursory search across my Roku, but my Roku doesn't pull in all apps. That's fine. If it's not free, it should be a couple dollars or perhaps available at your local library. Won't be hard to get. I'm going to go hit my local V stock for their Labor Day sale and see if I can just pick up a box of Conneries. There you go. Okay. (laughs) A box of Conneries. Sounds good. That is what we will do for this next week. Uh, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you guys could help share our show, that would be amazing. Yeah. We are sitting at 85 subscribers on youtube now so we are 15 away from 100 uh so please 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 if you guys could help spread the word if you guys could subscribe to our youtube channel if you guys could steal your friends's phone and subscribe them to our youtube channel uh that would be amazing uh yeah we, we we could use all the help that we we can get and i will Keep saying it until we get there, and then I will move on to something else. Uh, so <laughs> until then, subscribe to our YouTube okay. channel, please. We need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with that, I say let's wrap things up and let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this has been episode 100. I forgot what episode it was. 120. <clears throat> I don't remember. Two or three? I'm, I'm going to have to look this up because this is... It's one of them. You can see it, listener. Why do we have to tell you again? Episode 122. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, this has been number 122 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.